0: Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and The Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. Three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guest this week. There are so many different ways to end up in the sports business world. I'm excited to have our next guest share his story as is very unique and certainly a different path. Our next guest is Brendan Kirsch, head of sponsorship for sports and entertainment at Shift 4 Payments. Brendan, welcome to the show. Hey, Travis. How are you? I'm great, man. I, I certainly appreciate your time. Always a pleasure talking to you. And so let's kick it off where we started. You've always had a passion for sports, well, you started your career in the TV and movie space and you were a sports coordinator for a variety of shows and movies. What did those roles entail?
1: Yeah, I mean that it's it's almost like another life because it was it was a little while ago, but absolutely I I had ended up uh coaching college basketball right out of college and then got into a sport called slam ball which was full contact basketball with trampolines. I was the head coach of the mob there and You know, some of the owners of that sport, it was Pat Croce and the 76ers and then uh, a couple of Hollywood producers, probably most notably Mike Tolan and Brian Robbins. And they at the time were doing a lot of sports, trade TV and film. And so they had approached me at the time and they were they were conveying their concerns that. Uh, the audience had gotten a lot smarter or, or savvier over the last yeah. several years, on like sports in a TV show or, or a movie. And they kept bringing up like basketball diaries with Leo DiCaprio. They were like, look, Leo's <laughs> the most fantastic actor. And as soon as he dribbles the ball, like there's a disconnect. And Everybody the knows. knows watching the movie Exactly. So they wanted to figure out a way, uh, particularly with basketball, because it's harder to shoot because it's harder to double because like in football, you double an actor and you've got a whole bunch of pads and stuff. But in basketball, you're in a jersey. Right. So they wanted to figure out how to shoot that stuff and make it look better. And, um, you know, in between uh, slam ball seasons, there was a, a, a generous period of time. And I was living in an apartment complex out in uh, Sherman Oaks, California, and it had a basketball court there. And they sent me Chad Michael Murray, who was like the star of One Tree Hill, or he was about to be. They were shooting the pilot. And they were like, we think this kid's good, but he can't play basketball at all. Can you teach him how to play? And uh, I went through some drills with them and, you know, that led to them saying, "Okay, well, well, can you choreograph the basketball for the pilot? Because we really need that to happen. And then that led to like, well, can you come out and help the director shoot it? Because we really need that to happen. And then all of a sudden, you know, there was a uh, a whole career that started out of uh, sports uh, choreography and authenticity and second unit direction. And it's crazy
0: as you say, that the passion for sports led down that career path. And you know now at that point in time, you're working as a sports coordinator for One Tree Hill. And that certainly paid off in several ways. First, you're able to meet your wife. And that also helped launch your own sports company, SportsArc LLC, which was the world's first athlete casting service. And so how was that overall experience for you? Yeah,
1: it was great. I mean, the cool thing about One Tree Hill was like, you know, we shot in this tiny town in Wilmington, North Carolina. I mean, it's a great film town, but it's a, it's a small town. And so you had all the cast and all the crew out there shooting 29 episodes a season, seven to 10, you know, days per episode. So we really became like a little family. Like there was a lot of really tight friendships forged during that time. And when we weren't filming, we were out, you know, either hanging out at the bars or at the restaurants or other people's houses and re- really developed friendships there and like one trail was the show that wouldn't die it was like the, <laughs> the the wb like turned into the cw and they almost canceled it and then then they did cancel it but one won like an mtv saved the show contest and back i think up. after season yeah after season five they like they jumped the storyline ahead because they didn't want to mess with the college years right and uh and when they did that they brought on some new characters and, and one of those was uh Lisa Goldstein, who played Millie, and, yep. uh, and, and we ended up kicking off a friendship and dating. And I think we celebrated our 11-year anniversary uh, this year, a couple of kiddos and everything. So, yeah, that was definitely the primary benefit of One Tree. But, yeah, we did start up uh, our, our own business, Sports Art, to, to do the sports authenticity and choreography. And that led to us being able to do more and more projects.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And Brendan, you know, more and more projects, then you went on to help with the hopeful semi-pro. Obviously we talked about One Tree Hill, Eastbound and Down, just to name a few. And so looking back at that time, what were some of the cool experiences you were a part of?
1: Yeah. I mean, there, we were very fortunate to be able to work on a lot of projects with a lot of big name actors, right? Like semi-pro, you mentioned Will Ferrell, Andre, Benjamin, Woody Harrelson. I would say probably the one that sticks out for me the most is the office. Because of like how it all happened, like I had never watched The Office when it was over in Europe, you know, and it was overseas, I didn't even know what it was. So I'm on a plane, they're flying me out because they're shooting an episode of The Office called Basketball. And I think it was episode four or five of the very first season. So The Office hadn't even aired in the United States yet. And like, I'm reading the script and I'm like talking head Dwight. Like, what does this even mean? <laughs> but that's how they like referred to the little interviews that they did in front of the door with the blinds. Yep. But it was so cool because Steve Carell and Jenna Fisher and Rain Wilson and, uh, you know, John Krasinski, all those guys, they hadn't really exploded yet. And nobody knew if the show was going to be a success. So, like, my point of contact there was Greg Daniels. He was one of the producers, brought us out, and we choreographed it. But to be able to watch the, the cast interact with each other so freely because it wasn't really a hit yet, yeah. it was a really, really uh, cool experience. Especially for sure. so
0: early on. That That's awesome. Well, you took all of that experience and, and some fun memories and obviously some lifelong memories and certainly a great career path. You decided to take that, and it led you down kind of a corporate partnership role with multiple NBA teams. So, now you kind of stay in the basketball end. There Orlando Magic we obviously worked together there the Brooklyn Nets the Phoenix Sun so what made you ultimately want to get to kind of the team side into that CP role
1: yeah, I mean, I had spent about 10 years in LA doing what I was doing. And, and amazingly, I know this is g- going to come as a shock, the margins in sports choreography just aren't massive. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of people that work in that industry can attest, it's it's really feast or famine. In, in your best years, you're in the top 5%. And in the worst years, you know, you're eating ramen for a straight month. So <laughs> we wanted to kind of get out of that, you know, that that cycle. So I ended up selling that business made a tiny little profit. And, uh, and we just said, where do we want to live? And we really targeted Orlando. Orlando, Florida. My background in college was sports management, sports marketing, and we had started to do some things with sports art that included product placement and integration. And I thought there was probably a correlation there, uh, a path where I could have success in, uh, in corporate partnerships. And that's what ended up happening, got on with the Orlando Magic and worked for about 10 years in the NBA.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, post some of your team experience, you then you, you start another company and helping teams and brands from a full service agency before joining what you're joining now is Shift4 and Shift4 is a payment processing company that process payments for over 200,000 businesses in sports, retail, hospitality, leisure, you know, and, and as you think about that, walk us through your day to day now being kind of the, the head of sponsorship for that sports and entertainment space. <laughs>
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Chip4 is like an integrated payments company, you know, at its foundation. And as the head of sponsorships, you know, on a daily basis, I'm primarily focused on three things like either forging new partnerships with leagues, teams, or venues where we're not currently maintaining partnerships with leagues, teams, or venues, or amazingly, I spend a lot of time uh, having conversations about third-party integrations with like vendors that can help us do more business with leagues, teams, and venues. Like, Yep. fanatics as an example and, and, you know, some ticketing platforms and things of that nature. So I would say I spend a lot of my time doing that. It, 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 it depends too, if it's a travel day or it's not travel days, whatever. If I'm home, I'm doing a ton of zooms. I always yep. joke because like my partner send me stuff for my background. Yeah, you have I a hell of a
0: background, like
1: hundreds of dollars in media value every quarter, you know, you guys are getting, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do. I would say probably the coolest part is I just get to have so many conversations with, Leaders at teams, you know, within sports and entertainment, just revenue yep. generators and leaders. And it's so fun. It's common to have like uh, two or three Zooms a day with CROs or team presidents. And to have that access to those leaders and to be able to learn and listen to all the new and cool stuff that they're doing uh, for sure is one of the highlights.
0: Absolutely. And, and Brendan, you kind of talked about the strategic partnerships with team venues, leagues, you know, really to help drive awareness, engagement, revenue growth. And, you know, in the role you're now, You went from ten years in the NBA, really selling. Now it's a little bit more of a buying. How has that transition been?
1: (laughs) As anybody can imagine, it's always better to be on the buying side. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I would say it's more of a hybrid role. Like, well, you know, I probably spend as much time selling our company and informing teams and leagues and venues about our company and its products and services and why we benefit sports and entertainment and all that as I do. Kind of identifying, exploring what the sponsorship opportunities look like, but yeah, it's been great. Like I, I, I really enjoy my job. I get to work with some fantastic people. You know, Michael Isaacman, who's our CCO, and Anthony Perez, who is the the CEO at Venue Next. now the head of Enterprise here, and Dustin Albert and Kalen Lukobe, and a bunch of those those people. So it's it's a fantastic
0: experience for sure. No, awesome. And so you, you've certainly, and we've talked a little bit about all your successes in your career, and you've certainly had a very successful career and already having a ton of success with Shift4. Did you think back of that, what are some of the key initiatives you have always focused on in your career to have so much success?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Like, I think the first one is just uh, being bold and being brave, right? Like, I think that's, that's key in life and as a corporate partnership seller. It's like, you got to be bold and you got to be brave. You can't be afraid to challenge the status quo when questions question why things are the way they are I think that's key um you know I think if you if you can do it like one of my initiatives has always been trying to surround myself with really good people you know that's hard to do sometimes in the sports world you know but if you can surround yourself with good people good things tend to happen and uh and it's fun so yeah I would say those those are probably two
2: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle, the guest today, Brendan Kirsch, head of sponsorship for sports and entertainment at Shift4. And Brendan, we'll get into the three hot topics on here on 52 Weeks of Hustle Question one, you know, as we think about Shift4, teams and venues are always looking to drive awareness and certainly revenue. What innovation and technology, you know, with that innovation and technology in mind, how should be people thinking about the landscape and continue to evolve with kind of the marketplace around them?
1: Yeah, it's a great, I mean, I think a great part about my job, one of the things I enjoy the most, and I've got to be careful with like the the 100 NDAs we have signed because I'm sure they all conflict with each other. But one of the cool things is I've been able to be on some really deep dives on new venues and stadiums that are either being built today or being planned today for, you know, the next five to six years. And I think the technology that is associated with enhancing the fan experience is like nothing short of breathtaking, really. And so I think being part of some of those conversations, it's the way that we experience live sports in a venue today is going to change so dramatically over the next two to three years when these new venues come online. And some of that is really cool commerce stuff that has to do with us and the way people transact. And some of it is just, you know, candidly, just Star Wars stuff. You know, that's, that's really cool.
0: Yeah. And, and to your point, 10, 15 years ago, you would have never thought about it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot is changing. You know,
1: I think the way people, people come to a sporting event today and they want to spend less time transacting. So you're seeing like the technology come and benefit that with like grab and go technology and, right. you know, the scanning of your QR codes through mobile and all those types of things. So it'll be interesting to see what the next, you know, five to six years look like in, in yeah. that regard.
0: Absolutely, and in question two, Brennan. In the past few years, you know, Shift Four has acquired several companies. You know, we talked about Venue Next and, and Anthony, who previous guest on Fifty Two Weeks also, and Finaro. And you know, so how is acquiring companies for brands like Shift Four continue to make them stand out even more? And how does the future of transactions like that look, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's gone from being very integrated uh, to the exactly the opposite or very segregated to very integrated, I think. Um, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head like Shift4 has always looked at strategic acquisition as part of its overall business model. And that's been the case since our CEO, Jared, started the company. He was 16 years old, dropped out of high school and started at his parents' garage. Yep. And from the very beginning, he's always been interested in in acquisition. Um, And I think Venue Next was an important acquisition because we didn't really have a solution for the sports and entertainment space. And they're really the tip of the spear for us in sports and entertainment. You know, when they pivoted away from being an app development company into a point of sale and mobile solutions and engagement company, um, they did so with a really forward thinking approach. And that's where Anthony and his team have done a great job. And they're the industry leaders in point of sale and mobile solutions for sports and entertainment. So huge acquisition. Funaro, uh interestingly, so so it's a bank in Italy, but kind of its foundation is what's going to allow us to uh, to engage in e-commerce uh, right now, even in Europe and Asia and beyond. So that was a great integration for us or acquisition. I'm sorry. And then um, I would say the other one uh, is the giving block. So we acquired a company called the giving block not too long ago, which on that platform, people can make philanthropic donations with cryptocurrency, which is super cool. And it's a technology that is going to allow us to be one of the first point of sale companies to be able to accept crypto in a venue and stadium environment. So all of those acquisitions are very strategic in nature uh, and they all, you know, there's a strategic purpose for why, why we're doing that.
0: You know, it's crazy to think about you I and mean, we talk about, you know, crypto, you know, you walk into some of these shops and there's crypto ATMs. And now fast forward to your point of technology <laughs> and innovation, you're going to be utilizing crypto as sporting events. And it's kind of the, the new norm, which is pretty fun it and, is. and exciting.
1: It is like we found that still today, most people that have crypto are using it as an investment vehicle. But I mean, there are like crypto uh, to buy your season tickets or crypto for larger purchases like that's absolutely happening. So we want to be we certainly want to be part of that.
0: Absolutely. And question three, you know, kind of going back to your corporate sponsorship days, you've now spent time selling and buying on the, the sponsorship space. What's a key trend that you think everyone should be focused on over the next year?
1: Oh, that, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, you know, better than anybody like sports, sports and entertainment really struggled, you know, coming out of the pandemic. And I think, you know, from a corporate partnership standpoint, specifically as a salesperson, like, You really have to keep your fingers on the pulse of what's happening, not only with like supply chain and everything that we're going through, continuing to go through there, but also with like just global financial markets, because that growth is now going to slow. And what does that mean for global companies? What does that mean for local companies? And ultimately, what does that mean for sponsorships? Because anytime you have a shift like that in those type of markets, there's going to be new companies that emerge to be able to provide solutions. Um, and I think you just really have to keep your fingers on the pulse of all that. Like crypto obviously was kind of the, the great frontier there. And I don't think that's going anywhere anytime soon, the exchanges or the coin. Um, no. But I think you've got to be really strategic in understanding global markets in order to identify what those next kind of unicorns are going to be within within the industry.
0: And what they turn into. Absolutely. Well, Brennan, what a great career you've had. And as you think back, you've had a lot of different experiences. What's been your best memory?
1: Um, being on fifty-two weeks of hustle with uh, Travis
0: Apple, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mike, Mike <laughs> think, dropped at that point. Yeah, I think there have been a couple. Like
1: I, you know, being able to produce and direct our own film at Sports Park, The Hopeful, was certainly uh gratifying. We won a ton of awards in the film festivals there. Uh Being able, honestly, being able to work with Anthony Perez, like here at Ship Four, is like it's been it's been wonderful. You know, our paths crossed when he was the CMO at the Orlando Magic, right. and I was overseeing our our corporate partnership sales team and you know, he was always just not only one of the, the sharpest sports and entertainment executives out there, but he's also just one of the greatest people. And so being able to spend time around him and work on his team has been definitely one of the highlights for sure.
0: That's awesome. Well, Brendan, certainly a ton of great advice. Fun to hear about your journey. So to close it out, i like put a guest on the Hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? <laughs> okay. We obviously talked about your film career. If you could have any actor play your life, who would it be? <laughs>
1: Ryan Reynolds because he's uh, hilarious and he's
0: much better looking than I am (laughs) what is a clothing style trend that you would love to bring back
1: oh uh, well the flip flop trend died years ago but I just refuse to acknowledge that being based in Florida so to my daughter's disappointment (laughs) I I still wear flip flops on the regular
0: just keep them going if you had a boat what would you name it
1: (laughs) There's a lot of uh, inappropriate <laughs> responses flying into my head. I would say it would have to be something funny, like the black pearl, like having something where it's like, you know, a ship's name on a little tiny boat, uh, on a little, something like that.
0: I love it. Well, to close it out, Brendan, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day?
1: I would say, I mean, we kind of mentioned the disruptor to be brave and to be bold and to not be afraid to take chances is one of the big ones for sure. Um, to not be afraid to question why things are. I think that's huge too. Um, And then, you know, ABC always be closing. I think that's a huge, huge part of it for sure.
0: No, I love it. To your point. Like in in this business, you can't just stay status quo. You've got to be willing to take the chance, take the risk. Um, I love it. Right. It's, it's, you know, regardless of what role you can professionally ask questions to, to get better and to figure out and challenge the consistent thinking. And then I love it. Always be closing. So you know, as we think about that, Brendan, thank you so much. You've had a great career. Always a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate your time, expertise, and certainly our friendship.
1: Appreciate it, Travis. Thanks, man. This is fun.
0: Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.